Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. We continue remembering the Great Flood of 93. The Mississippi crested here 25 years ago and continued to do damage up and down the river in the following weeks. Even then, communities along the river were looking ahead for ways to mitigate future flooding calamities. Joining me in studio to talk about it all are Colin Wellencamp, Executive Director of the Mississippi River Cities and Towns Initiative, an association of mayors along the entire Mississippi River. Rick Eberlin is the mayor of Grafton, Illinois. And joining us by phone is Paul Hassler, the mayor of St. Genevieve, Missouri. Gentlemen, thanks so much for being with us. Great to have you. Thanks, Good Don. to be back, Don. I'll, I'll ask uh, each of you, as I've done uh, several times as we talked about the flood, what your most vivid memory of it is. Colin, we'll start with you. Sure. Uh, it's actually in Old Town St. Charles with a friend of mine videotaping flood impacts. And sure enough, some sirens start going off, and there's uh, fire and police officers coming down the street telling everybody to move out of the area that we were in because water was, it had been raining just north of us, big torrential downpour. We could see the storm out in the distance, but didn't know it was that big. And uh, water was then rushing down toward us and water was coming up um, into the park. And and so we were all moved out and people started uh, walking fast and then jogging and then running and and the sirens were going off, not tornado sirens, but they were using like their police car sirens to get people uh, uh, up uh, on higher ground. And that was uh, that made an impression. Water can move pretty quickly when it's on the prowl, can't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Rick Everlin, what's your, your most vivid recollection? Well, it uh, probably was in regards to my brother and I having orchard and uh, in the lower end of Calhoun County, uh, floods were, you know, they had covered up all the roads and there was only one way out of, of Calhoun. And uh, that was a couple hours to get out. So we had a full crop of peaches that year. <laughs> and I was taking a John boat. I lived in Jerseyville at the time. And I'd take a John boat to Marquette State Park and launch my boat. And my brother would meet me with the peaches on the uh, lower uh, end of the uh, Brussels uh, deer plain area. And I'd spend about two, three miles in a boat. And we'd fill it up as much as we could put in and then have to idle back across back to the park, unload them, and haul them off that way. Uh, a couple of different times, my, my in-laws, they were running apples and peaches for various orchardists and actually uh, sank a, a boatload of peaches. It was pretty dangerous, you know, because you had, sure. you had limited traffic, but they allowed it open to people who worked in the city to, you know, their means to get to work, you know, obviously uh, to be helpful, helpful to them. And just they took on a little water. And the load shifted and, and sunk it all together. So mm. uh, my wife, uh, at that time, she had a home in Hardin. And uh, I was coaching football, too. And we'd take our high school football team rather than lifting weights that summer. We'd go to various places and sandbag. And we spent all that time sandbagging. And her house was, after the levee breached in Hardin, uh, took her house and a lot of other homes oh, wow. and stuff. So. Just one of many. Just one of many. One, one of many. many. And Paul Hassler, you're on the river right now, aren't you? I am. I, uh, I am. Uh, and a matter of fact, I've been on this river for 40 years, so I, I got firsthand of what what that flood did and the enormity of it. And uh, and, and in the in that tree when it, the river was cresting, I was out on the river, and the navigational traffic was stopped, and all our opportunity. What, what we were doing was trying to keep fleets and barges from heading south in the strong currents of the river. And uh, I remember that day that uh, 
uh, the, the, the day right as it was cresting, we were up at uh, just north of downtown, and uh, we had a Langstangland fertilizer facility. The barges were actually coming. Their, their dock barges were coming up off of, the, of their uh, moorings up there. They were on an I-beam, and we were frantically extending I-beams so the barges and, and, uh, wouldn't go south. So I wasn't even in St. Genevieve, but uh, the fight was going on down there, too. So, uh, yeah, and I, I know firsthand what this uh, – what this river beast can do. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of scrambling going on during that entire summer, as I oh, recall. What, yeah. what was the impact on St. Genevieve itself? Well, the impact on St. Genevieve was, is, it, was a, it was a it was a valiant and it was an incredible effort uh, to build a levee, a handmade levee, to hold back a record crest of water. And uh, I seen what, what I saw what happened was that these people come and people rose to the occasion, and for several and, and months prior, to that, I kept building and building and building, and we had people coming from all over the country, and, and even people from uh, around the world coming to, to participate with uh, with the guys that were in, involved in that, the uh, the National Guard, and it was uh, it was incredible that they saved that, and and what they did, and they built that levee just our little historic town, and uh, I think the the ramifications of that is just to see and. and and just recently, that we, we've got a big levy now because of it. We have a new levy and uh, a man-made levy, and it's beautiful, and it's protecting our historic district. And uh, and, and we just recently became the, the, the newest national park. And and all of that, in perspective, I think led up to that. Boy, oh boy, that's a, that's a remarkable story. It is a remarkable story. Yeah. Rick, how about I'm, I'm sorry, Rick? How about Grafton? I mean, Grafton was much in the news, obviously. Yeah, very much so. Uh, Grafton. It took uh, a couple years after the flood uh, to, you know, like you said, look like a, a bomb went off. You know, there had already been a lot of dilapidated buildings. You know, from the flood of '73. You know, did a lot of damage, and there's pre- uh, previous floods before '93. But after the floodwaters receded, it was just uh, unbelievable. And, uh, you know, one thing sticks out was uh, Vice President Gore, Jim Edgar, uh, Carol Mosley-Brown, they came through and, you know, what to do? What are you going to do, you know? And they decided to uh, basically uh, relocate much of old Grafton, Mm -hmm. and they they developed Grafton Hill Subdivision. And we've got a beautiful, beautiful subdivision. But the problem was uh, so many people could not, you know, afford to make the the move from uh, because they were you know they were older homes and stuff sure. like that so then uh, fema came in and bought out uh in the mid to late 90s they bought out a tremendous amount of property and that's you know helped at the time but now it's it's coming back to hurt us because you know they made a commitment to go the tourist route mm-hmm. and we are a big tourist town now we don't have that flood wall that St. Genevieve has. So this has been a, an exceptional year for us in that we haven't had to deal with any kind of major flooding. Mm-hmm. But it's usually every year, you know, sometimes twice a year that we have to do a, a cleanup. Uh, so, you know, we're still slow. We've got 40 lots available uh, trying to do different things to promote, uh, you know, families to move into our community. But it's, it's changed a great deal. You almost became another Valmar. Yes, almost. 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 Colin, in many ways, I guess the flood of 93 is still with us in the sense that it's always in the back of our minds. I'm sure it's in the back of Rick's, uh, given the fact that he's not well protected. Um, 
give us some sense of that, of how people up and down, uh, towns and communities up and down the river are dealing still with the flood of 93. Uh, it it was, uh, li- little did we know at the time, it was a, um, a door number one through a series of doors that we would go through as time went on. Um, and it, it, each time the the disasters that the region was encountering, the, the time between them was condensing. Um, so uh, after, I mean, the, the really big one was the, the hurricanes that came upriver. And, of course, the big, the huge one everybody remembers, the nation remembers, is Katrina, Katrina. in 2005, multi-$160 uh, billion event. Uh, and then Hurricane Isaac um, uh, a few years after that. And then you had the the... 1993 was a big flood event for the middle reaches of the Mississippi River in, in our region here. But 2011 was 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 like uh, Cape Girardeau, uh, Carothersville, New Madrid's 1993. That was that was their 93 flood. Uh, it, in 93, the flood really wasn't uh, as pronounced down there. But in 2011, uh, basically from Cape Girardeau through Memphis into Arkansas was a 500-year event. Um, it, it was, uh, it, it was a, a, a $4 billion uh, event. Then the year after that, we had the 2012 drought um, yeah. Which, which was a 50-year drought. Uh, so we went from one extreme to the other, and that was a $35 billion event uh, because you, you weren't just talking about the River Valley. You were talking about m- many states just drying out terribly. Uh, and then the floods of 2016, the floods of 2017, yeah. and, and uh, it, it keeps going on and on. So every time we think we've got it, Another one hits, and you you reevaluate. But I, I think the the trends that have um, begun are um, really moving away from uh, walling off the river. Uh, so um, no longer, and it, it has taken a long time and a lot of events for this to transpire on the, on the river. But but now we have places like Arnold, Missouri. Mayor counts. Uh, he he doesn't want a levee. He doesn't want a flood wall. Mm-hmm. He's getting he sits at the confluence of the Merrimack and the Mississippi, mm-hmm. and he has told me he's a member of our association of mayors on the on the Mississippi River, and he has said, Colin, I've never seen it like this where I've had to deal with these with these floods every single year, and um, but he doesn't want to wall off his city from his most attractive asset, the the riverfront. Mm-hmm. So, but he wants to do what Davenport did, um, and what other cities are embracing more and more, and and what Mayor Eberlin has done in his city is, um, really uh, wants his flood control to be a riverfront park, green space that is designed to flood, and it, it and Davenport's actually won international awards for this because they were one of the earlier adopters uh, of this method of flood control. Design parts of your city, and not every city can do this. Yeah. You know, some cities are just not. Your geography is just not uh, appropriate to make this work. But um, where you can do it, if you can cordon off strategic areas of your city to create uh, very critical flood slack, 
Great. And you're, you have more of a natural solution than a gray, uh, a gray infrastructure solution. Then it's a lot cheaper. You have a lot less maintenance costs. Um, and you, you get these ancillary benefits like, well, you get a park. Um, and everybody wants to be by the park. Businesses want to be by the park. People want to recreate in the park. That brings in money. There's other fantastic examples of this across the country, uh, like Louisville's Riverfront Park, which brought in $500 million in just its first few years of existence and brought in the Bourbon Tour and, and everything else came shortly at behind it. So it's, you know, the, these, these new solutions have have a lot of uh, ancillary benefits, uh, and that's why you've got, but you've got a little bit of a, a mix here. So you've got Mayor Eberlin, who wanted to keep full access to his river, and now he's reaping the benefits as well as absorbing the risk of that. But you also have Mayor Hassler of St. Genevieve, which did install a $53 million levy, uh, almost because he had to, the way his geography works is sort of a bowl right there. Um, but now he, like Gretna, Louisiana, they did the same thing. They've got a huge levee blocking off their city from the Mississippi River right across from New Orleans. They had to get innovative about how do we reconnect our downtown to that waterfront. But you can't take out the levee, obviously, because it's, it's protecting critical national infrastructure. So how do you get creative about that? And uh, Mayor Hassler's uh, got some great ideas, and uh, but some but some pretty terrific challenges on uh, a- as well. So we're we're seeing cities and towns come to grips with these varying solutions. But I think ultimately, by and large, uh, Don, there there really uh, there is a really a, an attraction to these natural solutions. And using the park concept is certainly a lot less expensive than building. Uh, big walls and expensive, uh, expensive levees. Right. I have to, I have to take a break. I want to come back, Rick, and talk about where you are in in this whole, whole process in just a moment. But I do need to take that break. Uh, we'll come back and continue our discussion about how river cities, riverside cities, are handling uh, and thinking about future flooding. This is St. Louis on the air on St. Louis Public Radio ninety point seven KWMU. We hope you enjoy listening to this podcast of St. Louis on the Air, brought to you by University College at Washington University. With undergraduate and graduate programs, part-time, evening, and online. University College at Washington University, offering world-class education within reach. Welcome back to our conversation about the Great Flood of 93 and its impact on cities along the river. Rick, let me come back to you with regard to where you are right now and preparing for the next one. Have you got the park in place? I mean, I know you want access to the river. Yeah, we're still continuing to work on things. Uh, uh, We have a wetlands area where we have, you know, the big uh, stress areas, the native habitat, you know, native plants. Uh, It it floods, you know, waters recede, those plants come back. We've got to walk away with kiosks. Uh, here and there. Uh, we've also got a beautiful lighthouse that was constructed well before my time, and then a, a public launch area, which we just installed new docks. But in the works right now, we have uh, sculptures coming very shortly. As a matter of fact, the gentleman from uh, Turtle Park here in St. Louis, mm-hmm. we have contracted with them to do a sculpture of a uh, giant uh, loggerhead snapping turtle yeah. with a catfish and, and a frog. That's going to go right down on the riverfront. And then uh, uh, in addition to that, you know, I hope to have swings where people can just enjoy, you know, watching the river go by. And then uh, we have preliminary discussion uh, with the core uh, 
Colin was at a meeting that we're debating on. Uh, we got to get the cores go ahead, obviously, but we'd like to have put a uh, boardwalk through with an amphitheater and uh, really develop it. There's, I live uh, right across the main street, and I can look and see, you know, the people that visit our waterfront, and it's amazing, Don, how many people just are enamored with the river you know we sit right at the very confluence of the mississippi and illinois so it's a natural attraction in itself uh, another thing that's going to be a big attraction uh grafton is uh, known for uh, a huge uh, veteran population mm-hmm. and illinois american water is working with this we're going to put up an 80 to 100 foot flagpole and dedicate it to the veterans in our area plus uh to commemorate the confluence so those things you know are going to can continue to attract people to Grafton. Like I said before, you know, that's our bread and butter. If we don't have tourists, we don't have much of a town. How well off would you be if we had another flood like the one in 93? As far as preparedness, I don't think uh, we're any more prepared. You know, uh, we've worked with the Corps. They've, you know, promised some things that weren't there in the past, but we have no levees. There isn't sandbagging that takes place in Grafton like it does other places. Uh, Those, you know, residents are are really just, you know, they they take it, they clean up, and they come back. Uh, I was elected in April of 2017. I got a good friend that has the uh, wood shop. Uh, right across the street, and I had talked to him the, the day before. I wasn't sworn into office yet, but uh, Mayor Thompson, the previous mayor, he said, hey, he said, I'm just going to turn things over to you, you know. <laughs> and I said, hey, gee, thanks, you know. <laughs> but as the water uh, came up so rapidly, I was trying to touch bases and, and coordinate with different business owners and homeowners, you know, do you have a plan? What's your plan? And uh, I had gone over to talk to my friend Dan on a on a Sunday, and I'm still teaching school. I said, Dan, are you ready to get moved out? And so he said, I saw the uh, prediction, you know. He said, we're going to be good. He said, we're, we're just going to we're gonna leave everything sit. Yeah. So I woke up the next morning, and uh, it took a jump that they didn't expect to take. Mm-hmm. And I looked down, and I saw the water soaking up on his lumber that he had out oh, front, yeah. and you know it was inside. <laughs> and uh, I got a, you know, made a call, got him out of bed. And before you knew it, we had uh, a semi-trailer and uh, probably 25, 30 citizens helped him and, and everybody along the riverfront, you know, get out. So uh, we would like to see, you know, something done above us uh, right. with with the levees. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't really think it's fair, you know, where we could squeeze. And we don't have the money to do what other communities are doing. You know, there's uh, there's a lot of big money involved in, in building the dams higher and the levees higher, I'm sorry. And, uh, you know, that all comes down to, to where we're at, and it's got to have a place to go. So, like I said, it's not just a, a once in every five year or ten year. It's, it's most every year, and we've been fortunate this year that uh, it was just a, a minor pain for us, you know. Pe- big. People upriver would have to let the river come in in order to help you and help uh, uh, Mayor Hassler, too, I'm sure, and anybody downriver. It's just uh, there's no place for the water to go, and it's just gets squeezed Higher and higher. Right. And that uh, the Snye Levy District, you know, they, right. they had built uh, upon that. And they were supposed to have taken it back down, you know, to the normal. And they haven't. And they continue to, you know, to uh, to build on it. And so, you know, they're protecting the thousands and thousands of acres of farmland. 
And, you know, unfortunately for Grafton, we we suffer the wrath of that. Paul Hassler, how do you feel about us above you here? I mean, we've got so much concrete and asphalt in, in metropolitan areas like this that the when we get a lot of rain, it goes into the storm sewers and into the river and down your way. You must get a little tired of uh, of that. Well, no, because, you know, I'm doing the same thing in St. Genevieve. We've, we've got a, a, a levee that'll hold back a 52-foot river. Uh, so it's just a domino effect. Uh, I'm more concerned with the Maribel the last couple of years. In 2015 and 2016, we had enormous flows off the Merrimack River, which is south of St. Louis, that, uh, that, that has been really picking up. And uh, matter of fact, in 2015, that flow with the Mississippi uh, put our river, we had almost a almost a 47-foot crest in St. Genevieve. And as a matter of fact, they they thought it would go to 50 foot so our levy we got a really good levy and it's it's beautiful and i i i'm very comfortable with it but i know levees are made by man and i know what this river can do no levy is 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 fail proof i don't care where you're at and uh in 2015 there again the other mayor said that we have a, a, a levy, another levy district that's protecting the big bottoms in the farm field well that levy give way right below saint genevieve and uh flooded that field but doing that it it it, it eats a little bit of pressure on our levy so uh, it's tough and uh bigger concern i have with our levy is that we've got a great levy but we like, like colin said it's disconnected the uh, the city of st genevieve from the river now i wouldn't i, I love having the levy because of the what it's protecting but somehow some way we're going to have to reconnect to the river and there's ways we can do it uh we're working with the levy board to make the top of our levy it's a 3.5 mile levy uh, to make that suitable, we're make a walking path on that, or you know, sort of like the Katy Trail, and just to level it off and do things, and and then reconnecting on the other side in those wetlands are just beautiful, and to put some trails down through there, we know they're going to flood, and you know, but, but we got to do it in such a way where it's natural that we don't spend a lot of money because that's what it, the problem is, it's what it costs to do and maintain this stuff. So, uh, but we do have to do it better. We got to reconnect to the river, and, and the river is mesmerizing. I love it. Can tell that I've been working on it for 40 years, and people when they come to St. Genevieve, well, where can I see the river? And I have to direct them out, and, and there's it's tough for us because we not only have a levee, but we have two a mainline railroad, the Union Pacific, and the Northern go straight through town, and uh, and uh, it's it's dangerous getting across tracks too. So there's some challenges, but uh, I think as we go forward, we're we're finding different ways that we can do it and be very cost efficient too. Because I don't want to waste any taxpayer money and and things that we can do ourselves to maintain it. For, the, for this kind of protection, what kind of help do you get from uh, the federal government or perhaps even the state government? Uh, the, well, FEMA is a, a big player in it. We have a, our levy board. We our, our citizens also pay a levy tax to maintain our levy. And, and we have when we have casters, catastrophic floods and damage, uh, FEMA steps in and, and helps us to, to, to do work. So we have, there is things that go wrong. And, and, and when you when St. Genevieve is a is a bowl, like Colin said, if we have two creeks, the North Cabori and the South Cabori come in, well, they come in behind the levee. So when that water's up on the other side, you have to pump water from one side to the other, and it's very expensive. These pumps are, uh, it's a, it's amazing what, what it costs every day just to pump water when you're pumping and trying to keep the town from flooding within itself. So. Rick, what kind of help do you get from the feds? Uh, very little. <laughs> we uh, FEMA FEMA did you know come in and like I said earlier, you know they they bought out a lot of properties and a lot of families located. But uh, 
you know, we'd like to see. We've got a lot of uh, attractive property in Grafton that is forever, forever green space, but yet, you know, uh, people, entrepreneurs drive through and they're, they see how Grafton has reinvented itself and they're interested in purchasing this property. Uh, and I've tried to talk with uh, the FEMA Deputy Director uh, Myerstad in, in D.C. when Colin were out there in March uh, to maybe have the opportunity to buy back that property. And then, you know, with the condition that anything built on that would be above the 500-year flood, you know, they have new standards in that regards. One thing I wanted to say, Don, that uh, a, a big help is uh, is the farmers. You know, they're doing a lot better job uh, with the, the no-till. Uh, yeah, you, you, vir- you virtually uh, do not see a, a plow anywhere anymore, yep. and more and more farmers are going to to cover crops to hold the soil. That's right. The core just uh, they can't keep up with the dredging that's needed to be done, yep. and so you know the channel. I don't think you know is maintained the way it was you know several years ago, and we get a lot more silt. But uh, here, especially in the last five to ten years, farmers have really stepped it up you know quite a bit, and they got more and more land and set-aside programs that really shouldn't be formed. Yeah. So, Colin, uh, how does that help? P- people might not understand how that works. Sure. Uh, <clears throat> well, the, 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 the basin, the Mississippi River Basin, we're always talking about the valley, mm-hmm. which is bluff to luff right here. And then, uh, but the basin is 31 states. So the entire area from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, to the border of Idaho <laughs> drains into the Mississippi River. That's that immense vast expanse of agricultural area which is the largest economy in the in the basin uh in terms of rivers is is going into our channel here makes its way past the arch and uh if we're able to hold that soil more in place a lot less sediment a lot less nutrient loading which toxifies our drinking water and kind of destroys the ecosystem that's actually the biggest threat to our freshwater economy both for drinking it and for manufacturing so putting it in beer for example uh, we don't want anything to get in the way of that that's, that's always a good thing that's always a good thing so if if and and mayor is right we have several mayors that are farmers uh mayor Carricker of tunica mississippi he's a farmer um, we, we've got uh, uh, Mayor Evelyn's family farms. He grew up on a farm and, and plenty of mayors of, uh, north of here. Uh, so they really get that. Uh, they understand that and they understand how that that impacts the um, the water quality. And, and the we have a three hundred billion dollar freshwater economy coming off that Mississippi River. Mm-hmm. That's how much money we're making and pulling surface water out of that out of that channel. Uh, most of that, uh, Don, is for manufacturing, um, uh, everything from making chemicals to beer to washing metals for metal manufacturing. But it's a it's a huge economy. And the issues that you're hearing from Mayor Evelyn and Mayor Hassler talk about are really why mayors decided to organize into an association in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they, they figured out, hey, we're, we're all dealing with this. Why reinvent the wheel 121 different ways up and down the Mississippi River where we can get together, pool our voices, uh, and, and get some help from the federal government? It's, it's funny you, you, you mentioned you get any help from FEMA. We've actually got a ton of help from FEMA riverwide on Friday. The only federal grant in the entire federal government portfolio that actually helped cities pay for disasters before mm-hmm. the disaster happened came out, came out on Friday. That's the pre-disaster mitigation grant program. Huh. It is a state grant program, but 
uh, all of your listeners that work in city government and state government uh, may be interested to know that that grant came out on Friday. The money's on the street to, to compete for now. Uh, you have to get your state to, to help you do that, but it's at record spending. $242 million for, uh, for that grant program. It used to be $20 million. And a lot of that work is, is due to our own um, fantastic Senator, Senator Durbin, and Senator Blunt really went to bat for us on, those, on that program uh, to, to lift it to where it could be use, usable. Well, that, that's great to hear that uh, you know, this kind of preparation is underway because the one thing we know for certain, we may not know when, but we do know for certain, that river is going to come up again. Without a doubt. And, and, uh, yeah. and everybody in, in its way is going to feel it one way or another. Yep. We've got to leave it there, gentlemen. I want to thank you so much for being with us. Colin Wellenkamp is Executive Director of the Mississippi River, Mississippi River Cities and Towns Initiative. Rick Eberlin is the Mayor of Grafton, Illinois. And Paul Hassler is the Mayor of St. Genevieve, Missouri. Thank you again so much, gentlemen. And good luck to you. Let's keep that water down as long as we can. <laughs> Thanks, Don. Thank you, Don. Thank, thank you, you very much. All right. Thanks, Don. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.